Hey, Jim, Vince Neal here. Hey, buddy, have a, a mildly Christmas and a happy crew year. And 2020 is an all-new beginning. So keep rocking. This is Alabama Linda, otherwise known as Candy Crush Linda. And since I only back winners, I listen to the Eric Zane Show podcast. Wait, how many times has he been fired? Anyway, here he is, Eric Zane. starts Eric saying it looks like sometimes you're writing things down yeah well the, the things pop into my brain that I'm like oh my god I've got to mention that I just I didn't even think of that and then it it's for some reason when the show's starting I think of it so that's what that is it isn't like I'm just you know uh, writing scribble scrabble just to make it look like I'm doing something else I'm actually doing something with that oh uh, welcome to the Eric Zane Show podcast. I'll tell you what I was writing down in just a second. It'll be the first few things that I talk about. You need to know, though, that I'm in discomfort right now. I don't feel great. My body is betraying me. And that's not good. Man, and I knew it too. I'm laying in bed and I'm like, oh no, I forgot to take my Metamucil. You're so old and gross. And I'm like, oh fuck, I don't want to get up. I don't want to do it. So I didn't. And now everything's just slow. Everything's just not a, it doesn't, everything's messed up. It's, it's a bad night. Um, during the day yesterday, I had a little extra time and I made the mistake of laying down and taking a break. And I never do this. Let's get up at 620 and go until it's time to go to bed. There's no naps. If you get up as late as I do, no. You don't get a nap. A little bit earlier, perhaps, but no. At 6.20, when you get enough sleep the night before, no. There's no need for a nap. But for some reason, I did. And then, boom, I'm gone. I'm like, ah, for God's sake. And then upon waking, I'm like, oh, no, there's no way I'm getting to sleep. No way. Laying there. I forgot my Metamucil. Oh, I also forgot my anti-anxiety medication and my melatonin, like taking five milligrams of melatonin. I think I'm addicted, psychologically addicted. I don't think it's habit forming. In fact, I know it's, it's definitely not habit forming. It's a natural supplement get up take the medicine but i don't take the metamucil that's the problem today today it's affecting me compounding this is 
my jaw was locked, which I've described to you many times before. And um, leading up to the show, I was concerned that I was going to be doing this whole show with the left side of my face locked out like, you know, a baseball player. That's stupid. And then um, did a little uh, massage massage action on there. And then, voila, it came unstuck. And that is what a relief that is. I'm telling you, this is just so absurd. I, I don't, I, I've never met anybody who suffers from this. There's got to be some type of TMJ support group out there. Um, it is hideous. I've been dealing with this since I was 19 years old. Ridiculous. Um, so I laid there last night. The one good thing about laying there wide awake is I really, I kicked ass in Candy Crush. And you just heard Alabama Linda there, or Candy Crush Linda. And we're in a competition. There's like a, a timer to see who can get the most levels. And I'm in this competition with the other people that I play with. And she, of course, has an unbelievable, well, actually this week, she's not that great. She only had 17 levels cleared. And I I got on a massive roll and kick. I'm kicking her ass now. Now, that doesn't mean much because she's probably going to sit down today and uh, and rattle off another 100 victories. I think she might have started a job, and that may have slowed her down. I'm not sure on that, but still. Diana drops this on me this morning. Hey, I got this weird text message. I swear to God, she thinks I'm cheating on her. I got this weird text message. And I go, uh, okay. And it's uh, it's spam. You know, you get these from time to time. And it's uh, it's a picture of just and some chick. And it wasn't like overly sexual. It's just some lady's face. And it says, hey, you ready for round two? And this is on her phone. And then... Uh, I go, wow, weird. And then she looks at it. And then she looks at me. And I go, what? And she's like, maybe you're maybe you're cheating or something like that. And I go, I go, that's just stupid. Why would she goes, well, maybe they got us mixed up. I go, what maybe you're cheating. Yeah, because that makes sense. If I if I'm having an affair with you, they somehow mat or having an affair with someone else and you don't know about it. And someone who I'm having the affair with is magically just going to text you uh, that. Come on. But I can't help but feel, you know, hey, I got my eye on you. Quit quit it. It's it, Jesus. Come on. I don't have the energy for that shit. I mean, I could see why some lady would want to have an affair with me or guy. I mean, um, I have that happen all the time where men or women want to have sex with me. We've talked about this many times. Last night, we did the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast, and we had a hell of a time. Oh, my God. It was uh, spectacular once again uh, on the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast. Saul, as the joke judge, um, I think we are corrupting the man. 
I had to make sure his bedroom door was closed so that his mother and father would not hear the poo-poo caca that was flying out of the speakers as blind Saul listened to the shit show that is the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast. He, uh, Saul was joke judge, and uh, I'm not going to tip, uh, tip you off as to how Ben finished on his jokes. Uh, I hated all of them, but um, Saul being the joke judge, you will find out for yourself how he did when you listen to the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast. I will publish a free view for you, uh, for folks who um, are not on Patreon, just so you can get an idea of how it sounded. And then if you feel like it, sign up for the whole damn thing. It's a great time. Once a week, we go for about 90 minutes, sometimes a little longer. I think it was a little longer last night. Uh, so there you go. Um, what the hell was I going to say? Oh, God. Oh, the... <laughs> Holy shit. Last night. Upsets galore. Your brackets are destroyed. And we need to take a look right now at um, how everybody is doing in this uh, in this damn tournament. Oh, my God. I'm I've been done. Jesus, this is so bad. Aram is top of the heap right now. Oh, my God. There he is. He's got Duke to win it all. Now, but then this person, D-Man, whoever that is, also picked Duke. But um, the way it lays out for these two, the most Aram can get for points is 1480 and the most that d-man can get is 14 1440 1480 and 1440 i think these two it's down to these two um so i think that there can still be a change in the standings but it's pretty much aram and d-man 5472 in the as this winds up, pretty great. In fact, let me take a little peek at Aram here on his actual bracket. Now, everybody sucks. Um, last night, Arizona goes down. They fell to Houston. So, that's a red for Aram in the, um, in the grade eight. He's got Villanova. He won that as Villanova took care of Michigan. How about Michigan late in that game? First of all, they're down six with about 20 seconds to go, and they have the ball. Two possessions, two three-pointers. Okay, now, I don't understand why this happened, but they went in for like a layup which would have given them two points. I don't know. Maybe they were hoping for layup in the foul or what, but I would think you would set up for a, a three to put yourself down three with about, I don't know, 15, 16 seconds to go and then foul and hope that they miss, you know? But they didn't do that. They uh, took it inside. And in the last five minutes of that game, uh, Michigan's inside game on offense 
reminded me of when Jacqueline played basketball when she was about nine. Every shot was like clank, hits the underside of the rim, too hard off the backboard, and kisses way out to the... It was horrible. And then that fucking white guy, that seven-foot-tall white guy, man, does he suck dick. Oh, that guy sucks so much shit, lady. Like, gets the ball and no finesse, man. It's a fucking... How can you... He's one inch from the fucking rim and he keeps throwing it as hard as he possibly can uh, at the backboard. It was just horrible. What are you doing, man? Ease up. Ease up on the gas, big fella. Rom says, hell yeah. What do, I, what, what do we win? Nothing. You don't win anything. Uh, congrats, I guess. I'm not going to give you a prize for this shit. So Michigan falls to Villanova. Duke, they beat uh, Texas Tech. That was a pretty good game. Number two versus, versus number three. And then Arkansas takes out Gonzaga. So you got upsets. Uh, number five, number five seeded Houston takes out Arizona by 12. And uh, the, oh, the number one in the whole thing, Gonzaga, they are done. Oh, man. So now tonight, you've got North Carolina, UCLA. And then you've got uh, Iowa State, Miami. Oh, my God. A 10 and an 11. And then number one, Kansas hosts number four, Providence. And then St. Peter's, number 15, where last weekend they took out number two, Kentucky, and then they beat number seven, Murray State. This is a, seriously, this is in Jersey City, New Jersey, which, oh, it's just crazy. We were just there, Don and I were just there in Jersey City this past summer uh, for our trip. And uh, I know exactly where the school is. In fact, this is a small-ass school. It's like a high school. I'm not even kidding. And... The MAAC, Mid-Atlantic Athletic Conference. Um, The coach of Kentucky, John Calipari, he makes like $9 million a year. The St. Peter's budget for their entire basketball program, paying all the coaches, all the upkeep of the facility, uh, hotels for the players, is $1 million a year. And they kick ass, and now they're taking on number three, Purdue. And their mascot is a peacock. Oh, my God. What a non, a not intimidating mascot. The St. Peter's Peacocks. Ho, uh, taking on number three, Purdue. Come on. There's no one in America outside of people who root for Purdue who want uh, who want Purdue to win. They all want St. Peter's to win. Okay. Just once we need one of these little dickhead schools like, like St. Peter's to win the whole damn thing. Why not? Come on. That is, that'd be just fantastic. Probably not going to happen, but tonight they play at seven Oh nine and I can't wait. 
Um, however, I have to. Uh, I will be out and about tonight for the uh, Well House Spring Jubilee. That's right. Your old pal Eric Zane is uh, hosting the Well House Spring Jubilee. And you're like, what exactly is that, Eric Zane? I'm going to tell you. You can still go to this if you want to. Um, it's a great organization. Joe Martinez tipped me off to these folks. There you go. Well House Spring Jubilee of Growth. Join us for a fun-filled spring event honoring Well House volunteers and supporters. Purchase your tickets here. Uh, renewing hope, lives, and communities. And um, talked about this earlier this week. This is a terrific, terrific uh, nonprofit charity where um, they take donations from the private sector for events like this. Like it costs 65 bucks for tonight's event. You get the dinner, the show, the whole damn deal. They're going to ask you to give money too, but just know that the $65 you're spending on this damn thing, I shouldn't say damn thing, on this thing, goes towards charity. So that's a donation in itself. Um, they, have, they own 14 houses right now that uh, underprivileged folks live in instead of shelters. And the volunteer community renovates the homes see these are all volunteers donating their time to make this look presentable i th this is not my expertise painting as you know so they haven't asked me to fill in in the painting department because uh obviously i have my own charitable thing going on look at this these guys uh they would be on the streets you know, but here they are working in their own garden at their own residence. These two guys here, they're probably lovers. So, all right. Yes. Purchase a legacy brick. That's fun. All right. So off you go. And uh, they want in the year 2022 to go from 14 houses to 22 houses. So that's what's going on. And I got introduced to them by my pal, Joe Martinez, who volunteers his time, of course, to service the uh, heating and cooling um, portions of these homes to make sure that they're, uh, you know, running appropriately and safely. Now, I can't do any of that, but I can host. So I am the lucky soul who gets to MC tonight. So the queen of the forest and I are going to get uh, our church clothes on and uh, go hang out at the uh, Spring Jubilee. It is at the uh, Embassy Suites Hotel in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Okay. The, um, I also have a limo work to do this weekend. Uh, Sunday, I have to get up before the crack of dawn. Go to the garage. Pick up a car and drive it all the way to the Detroit Metro Airport to pick up passengers at 9 a.m. Sunday, drive them to Kalamazoo, drop them off, drop the car off, probably fall asleep after, and then we have paintball for a busy, busy weekend. Um, all right. Speaking of basketball, I want to share something that I, I missed. Thank you to Mike Ball 
for pointing it out to me. Uh, Arizona lost last night to Houston. But this moment happened on Sunday, just a handful of days ago, when Arizona beat TCU. This guy for Arizona, I guess, just had a nice game, and he's he's walking off. He wants to walk off the court. And um, things get a little weird when he's walking off, and now everybody is is lose, saying that this guy, whoever the fuck he is, doesn't matter, should be, like, you know, arrested. He takes a bow. And then they said that, did you see it? It was very, they said that at the last second, he touched her boob, this girl right here. Now, I don't know if he did. She doesn't seem to flinch at all. I don't know. I think he might have just been, you know, athletes are maybe he's dumb and thought that if he's going to slap five with this guy over here, the other hand needs to be out too. I don't know why his hands are out. I don't, who knows? It doesn't matter, but, and I don't know necessarily if he did anything, if he did touch her boob, I don't know. I'm giving this guy the benefit of the doubt. I don't think he touched her boob, but everybody is losing their shit about the dude. Saying, oh, yeah, he absolutely did touch her boob. Okay, I'm going to look at some of, the, some of the replies on this. I don't think he did. But let's see. Um, is there more to this? I could have swore I had more to this. Yeah, there was all sorts of like uh, uh, still shots of it, but it's kind of like cycled through so I don't I don't see I don't see what they see and it says um did the Arizona did Arizona guy just give the TCU cheerleader a tap and there was all sorts of discussion saying that this guy needs to be canceled the most striking thing about this incident to me is how much certainty most people have and what have in what they saw some say it was obviously intentional others obviously an accident to me it doesn't seem obvious at all which it was and the only person who knows is dude there you go a tap if a white player did that you wouldn't call it a tap you'd call it by its legal name sexual assault (laughs) come on There was actually people who broke it down frame by frame in this thing. The whole thing is dumb. <laughs> this poor dude. Um, no, I don't think he, uh, I don't think that's what happened. So stupid. All right. Okay. So there's that. Chris says, uh, just ask her. Melissa says she didn't react if he did. I'm pretty sure there was there was nothing there. All right. Uh, yesterday I was uh, seated right here, and um, Princess of the Forest Madison, who uh, we talked about this on the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast. 
went to bed the night before Thursday, uh, Wednesday night at, oh, I don't know, 10, a, 10 p.m. And then woke up. Actually, I called her at noon and said, hey, I might need you to drop me off somewhere. And then um, that was met with, oh, my God, I'm sleeping. And it's like 14 hours of, of in that bed. That, that gets painful for me. How can you possibly do that? If it gets one minute over eight hours for me, I have to get up 14 hours and you're exhausted? Jesus. How do you even do that? I don't ever want to hear about being overworked, you know? If you have time to sleep for 14 hours, I mean, seriously. Um. So then uh, I come in here. I'm working in here yesterday. And she goes, hey, I got to tell you something. I go, what is it? She goes, well, um, for our sorority, you know, she's doing the sorority thing. Which I, I I actually think it's great. She's she's uh she's doing she's thriving, and you know she's emotional, and also very dramatic. So she is with her own kind. This is perfect. She says she has to uh, volunteer at the uh, at the arena, working the concession stand because the sorority sponsors the concession stand. So that's how a lot of the times they um, they do it there at the arena. It's like free work or like free labor. I don't know how the hell it, whatever. She goes, but anyway, Dad, I'm going to be working the concession stand at the John Elton concert. I go, really? Is that right? And she goes, did I say that right? I go, no, not at all. But I like it. I don't. Th- I've never heard Elton John referred to as John Elton. That's awesome. And then I said to her. Um, I go, you know, what do you think about doing reaction videos with me? Have you ever seen those reaction videos, generational reaction videos, you know, things that you have no idea what they are, like maybe a music video. Would you, would you want to do generational reaction to music videos with me? So we'll sit down, uh, here and we'll watch a video of a video. And she goes, yeah, yeah, that, that, those are fun. So I go, all right, the first one has to be uh, Heavy Metal Love by Helix. And some of you are like, Helix, what the fuck? Uh, Helix was featured on the Insane Asylum this week. And that is some spectacular uh, butt rock. Okay. Heavy Metal Love by Helix needs to be reviewed. So I think that'll be fantastic. Welcome into the show. We're 28 minutes into it already. It is a Friday. Uh, so uh, that's great. It's cold as shit here. It's going to be for the next 10 days. It was snowing yesterday. And it was uh, weird-ass snow where gigantic, wet, gross flakes. I mean, horrible. Just like screaming down. And I'm like, okay. That's how it's going to be. Uh, winter is going to uh, fight us. Uh, tooth, nail, and claw. Great Ted Nugent song. All the way to the bitter end. This show can be seen, viewed, heard, whatever, on Twitch every single day 
at 8 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, twitch.tv slash Eric Zane Live. If you're listening to the audio podcast later, please do me the solid and follow me on Twitch. Download the app or do it from your desktop, whatever it may be. I know it's a lot of hoops you have to jump through, but that's what I have to do to do what I do these days. Twitch.tv slash Eric Zane Live. Also, follow me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eric Zane Fan Page. Both brought to you by Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV, which yesterday I found out that, well, you know, when I refurbished the 07 Accord, okay, those guys did a hell of a job. But what wasn't a problem then is a problem now. It didn't really surface when they did their first, you know, overhaul the thing. And then I told you that I tried turning the wheel. I was like, this wheel is hard to turn. And one of you, I think, said, hey, it sounds like a uh, power steering pump. You were right because they took it back there. They go, ah, the power steering pump's bad, Eric Zane. We got to put a new one in. All right, do that shit. Thank you so much. And um, on the online form, because what they do is uh, this is all done. Okay, I wonder if it's here. Aha. They, they they do this all electronically, you know, um, and they they send me, all right, this is how much it's going to cost. You have to sign this in order to, for the work to get started. So I did, and that's what I did when I signed it. I if, uh, Eric Z, and I drew a wang. Don't ask me why. I haven't heard back from them about the wang that I drew. I'm seven years old. Thank you to Irvine's. Um, all right. Twitter at Eric Zane show on Twitter brought to you by blue frost IT. And then the almighty YouTube. Follow me there. Eric Zane show on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Bell notification brought to you by Frank, the tank fuss, my policy shop insurance, the Medicare advantage plan expert. Okay. Um, yesterday on the Patreon, I talked a little bit about the foot in mouth moments by the late Madeline Albright, uh, 84 years old, passed away, uh, diplomat, later secretary of state and okay, great. Now, um, when she passed, it was like, you know, uh, remembering, Madeline Albright and um, and all the uh, pleasantries. But then what I like to do whenever famous people die, who I don't know shit about, uh, I usually look them up and try to, uh, when talking about it, have something a little bit more to say other than just, hey, Madeline Albright died. And, um, you know, uh, nothing really jumped out at me uh, other than a... a very uh, uh, bright lady who lived an incredible life and uh, uh, immigrant uh, from the United uh, into the United States, 1948 from Czechoslovakia and uh, pretty much a career in politics after she uh, was uh, uh, educated at Georgetown university and things like that was an ambassador to the United nations. And then eventually in the Clinton administration, but what caught my eye was, controversies 
And I talk, I know uh, for some of you who saw the uh, Patreon, but I, I needed to set up a little background because she constantly did shit like this, uh, said the wrong thing, and then after she would say the wrong thing, she would then, rather than owning it, she would kind of like eesh, muddy it up. In 1996, the U.S., had a number of sanctions against Iraq. You know, we had uh, had the first Gulf War, and uh, 60 Minutes did a piece about what those sanctions are doing. And Leslie Stahl said, we have heard, um, Secretary Albright, that um, half a million children have died because of the sanctions. That's what Leslie Stahl said. I mean, that's more children than died in Hiroshima. And, you know, is the price worth it? Now, so Albright's faced with this tough question. Uh, now, there's about a million and one ways she could have gone with that. But instead, she said, yeah, we think the price is worth it. So she's saying, oh, yeah, half a million children dying is worth it. Now, she could have easily have... Uh, well, gotten uh, a little bit uh, more of a sensitive answer. If she started, first of all, was saying, well, you have heard half a million children died, and uh, I have no reason to doubt you, but where did you hear that from? Uh, and But if that is true, there is, a, there is a way to answer that. But if you answer it with, yeah, we think dead kids are worth it, everybody's going to kick your ass, and they did. So it was terrible. It was real messy. So I, uh, I talked about that. What I also talked about was, um, after she ended a career in politics, she wrote a book and she went back to her home country of Czechoslovakia and she was at a book signing. And I, I didn't have the video for this on the Patreon because I don't have the ability to share the screen, but I have it now because a bunch of Czechoslovakians who are, um, sympathetic to, uh, victims, Serbian victims of the, Kosovo War in 1999 showed up there to protest her. Okay? So these are people that are also Czechoslovakian in Czechoslovakia who, with her, who she is Czechoslovakian, so everybody's Czechoslovakian. She's at the book signing there, just minding her own business. And then this group of young people come in holding up signs and they're protesting her because of her involvement in the 1999 NATO bombing of Serbia. That was the main cause of this demonstration. So a lot of people died in that, innocent people. And so, okay, there's that. And then it was revealed that her investment firm, Albright Capital Management, was preparing to bid in the proposed privatization of Kosovo's state-owned telecom and postal company. So this looks bad, too, after, you know, uh, the bombing of it and, and uh, NATO's involvement. And now here she is um, profiting off of what has happened in Kosovo. People in Czechoslovakia are pissed off. So they approach her. Now, here's where it gets even more fantastic. Madeleine Albright, um, she sits quietly while people, they're, they're like bum rushing her in this moment. Check this out. Okay. 
Now it's a little it's a little hectic, but nothing really too out of hand here. All right. And you can see her, she's wearing the blue. She's waiting patiently. All she wants to do is sign some books. All right. Now that's her. Get out. Get out. All right. Now she's pissed. Okay, so it's a lot of noise right now. I realize that, but I'm going somewhere with this. It's the big moment's coming. Okay, she sits back down. A lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of just murmuring. All right, now she gets up. There you go. Did you see it? Did you see it? Did you hear it? You, you could read her lips. You could hear it. Disgusting Serbs. Disgusting Serbs. Oh, no. You can't. No. What an ugly woman. <laughs> Finally, she wanders over to the Curious George books at the bookstore, whatever the fuck. Oh, my God. You disgusting Serbs. <laughs> Kabubi69 uh, says, should have lined up all those little twats and ran them over with a tank. God. Aram says, she sounds like a crook. Um, so, you know, just a little, uh, comes full circle. It's important to point out the important things. That everyone is aware of. Disgusting Serbs. I talked about it on the Patreon. That's, I mean, if you say anybody is disgusting, any group of people now, um, even though, I mean, that was only 2012. You can't get, I know you can't get away with that now. You sure as shit also couldn't get away with it back then either. There's no way. Disgusting Serbs. I don't remember anything of this. I don't ever re remember hearing about this. Uh, they did not talk about it. Nobody talked about it at the past because it, it, it never works out that way. Madeline, you know, sometimes it does. Sometimes people, if you say too much crazy shit in your life, when you die, they'll end up holding it against you. Remember when Don Imus died? You know, uh, Don Imus died and it was the man who said this and you hear nappy headed hose and then they, uh, he's dead, you know? If you do it too much, if you say too much crazy shit, uh, they will um, go to that first when you die. You know? Or they'll describe you as um, the polarizing or the much maligned or something like that. But not Albright, no. All right. 
Uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame responds to Dolly Parton. This is another story that I've kicked this can down the road forever, but I and I, I haven't gotten to it, and um, but I'm I'm going to do that now. But uh, to start, I need to show you something. Remember when I said that I would absolutely have sex with Dolly Parton? This is Dolly Parton, and um, look at that. That is spectacular. I think she's like 70. She has thigh gap and everything. Look at her. I mean, seriously, it uh, the amount of plastic surgery, and she has admitted this. She's talked about this, and I think she's like 76. Maybe she's 73. Dolly... Parton age. Okay, no, she's 76 years old. Holy shit. Um, and wow, she has said many times, oh yeah, if things get wonky, I go under the knife. And um, she's got it right. She's got the best plastic surgeon on the planet because she looks 40. She really does look 40. Something majestic is going on there. She wears wigs. Uh, she might be completely bald, um, but she is. And look at this ridiculously amazing outfit. Holy shit. It's got like metal on it. My God. That is awesome. All right. Um, this is so strange, though, to me, because she says, hey, um, I appreciate the mention to be part of the rock and roll hall of fame. And I appreciate being on the ballot, but you know, honestly, I have no business being on a, on the ballot for the rock and roll hall of fame. And this is part of what I talked about. They need to reboot the whole damn thing. Um, and, and seriously, uh, no, no rap, um, nothing like that. No rap. It can only be rock and roll. And definitely no country either. No rap, no country. They need to tear down the shitty building and and start anew, like right there. They, what they need to do is have Putin send one over here and blow this fucking thing up and just start over. It's a disaster, okay? And they need to start, they need to change the parameters for the voting. Um, if you put her on the ballot for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, what what a, that is worse than any of the rap stars that have, have made it. I mean, come on. Kraftwerk, uh, for God's sake. That's not a rap group. That's a, uh, I forgot how you would describe those idiots. They shouldn't be in there. Come on now. So she said, look, take me off of the thing. I appreciate it, but there is no way I should be on it. So you know what the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is doing? They're saying, no, thanks. We're going to leave you on it. They cannot get out of their own way. Come on, man. <sighs> Though she actually says, I, I'm respectfully bowing out. They are saying, no, you cannot. We are in awe of Dolly's brilliant talent and pioneering spirit and are proud to have nominated her for induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And they're not, they're not going to remove her. Oh, my God. 
Uh, part of the issue is that Parton's name was already included in ballots that were sent out before her withdrawal. She is currently fourth in the official fan vote. My God. Stop voting for just cross it out. D- to say don't vote for Dolly or even better. If she does get in, just say you're, you're not putting you in. That's all you got to do. Uh, behind Duran Duran. No, Duran Duran should not be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Also behind Eminem, who should not be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She's also behind Pat Benatar, who should be in the Hall of Fame. I see one of you wrote Ted Nugent should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Ted's crazy, but my God, he's a force of nature. Undeniable. Uh, According to this article, so with voting well underway, it complicated matters for Parton to simply bow out despite her believing she had not earned that right. Dolly's recommendation, along with the 16 nominees for the class of 22, was sent out earlier the month to their 1,200 general ballot voters, the majority of whom are artists themselves for consideration for induction at our ceremony, the foundation said. All of us in the music community have seen Dolly Parton's thoughtful note expressing her feeling that she has not earned the right to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the statement said. In addition to her incredible talent as an artist, her humility is another reason Dolly is beloved is beloved icons by millions of fans around the world. Okay, great. Other nominees. Lionel Richie. Nope. Tribe Called Quest. Nope. Rage Against the Machine. Yep. Dionne Warwick. Nope. Carly Simon. Yep. Judas Priest. Yes. Beck. Yes. Kate Bush. Yes. Devo. Nope. Arrhythmics. Nope. Fella Cootie. Don't know who that is. MC5. Yes. New York Dolls. Yes. Um, Judas Priest guitarist Richie Faulkner appreciated it. I think it was a classy move, really. I think she recognizes her brand and it didn't necessarily fit into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think it raises questions to what the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame brand is as well. Well, Richie, that's not going to get you guys in. Shit, Judas Priest should have been in there way earlier. Parton wouldn't be the first country artist to make it into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, Chet Atkins and Hank Williams have all been inducted. They shouldn't be in there. As well as country-leaning acts such as Brenda Lee. She's in there. What the fuck? Now, Johnny Cash is in there. Okay, Cash isn't rock and roll, and he's also not country. He's Cash. You should just have the Johnny Cash Museum, honestly, or a wing, a separate area for just Johnny Cash, you know, perhaps some involvement in it. I don't know. Cash is a, he is a anomaly. He really is. 
he's uh I don't know. I just can't I can't really describe Johnny Cash as country. You know? All right. That's just my take on it. The Insane Asylum. I published another edition of The Insane Asylum yesterday and uh again, heavily influenced uh by you the audience. I usually post on Facebook, "Hey, how about some songs?" And quite honestly, I play most of them, um, not all of them, but I do play most of them. And I kind of, uh, when I put an entry like that on a Facebook, the amount of feedback that I get usually gets me through for several weeks worth of shows. But I think it's worth mentioning, and I didn't even think about this. Um, There is one song that I featured by a guy by the name of Anders Osborne. And it did not even occur to me that when I said how personal this song is called I'm Ready, that it could be interpreted as a suicide note. I'm not even kidding you. It was uh, Adam the Odd said, it sounded like fatalistic, like you're getting, like you're having a hard time. Um, and the reason why is is this and it's it's not that at all it's actually a very positive song for me i didn't even think that it sounded like a suicide note <laughs> um but apparently it did i guess it just depends on your perspective but um have you ever had a song that you listen to it and it speaks to you like um, it fits what you're going through, what you're thinking about, what is on your mind at that moment in time. And it's like, oh God, this is so perfect. This song is exactly what I'm feeling right at this moment. And so you listen intently and almost every verse, every word, you're hanging on it because of how much it's speaking to you. And it almost seems cosmic like the happenstance that is occurring is a message to almost help you and i guess that could also hinder you if you're having a terrible time but this one in particular is so fantastic and i want you to know this i haven't really gotten into this that much i think i've mentioned it to some degree but um about a month ago I decided I was going to um, up until a month ago for the six years prior to that I have been really focused on my old show paying attention to what they say listening um this is no surprise to you. I've referenced them quite a bit. And, um, you know, and I'm not, this isn't an apology or anything like that. It's, uh, and a lot of people attacked me and said, you're like an, an old girlfriend. And that is true. That is absolutely true. And I could not get over it. And the, uh, 
I realized that I was getting very upset and angry all the time because of me going out of my way to read what they say, hear about their successes and their failures um, and things like that. And um, one day, about a month ago, I decided I wasn't going to listen. I wasn't going to pay attention. And um, when you're in the habit of doing that, that's a little hard to do. You know, suddenly uh, a good portion of your day, and I realized quickly how much of my time I was spending doing that. So after like a day, I was like, shit, man, uh, all of this worrying about something that really has nothing to do with me is eating a lot of my time and it's taking my energy and it gets into my, um, you know, ridiculously disturbed brain and it just doesn't help me and you all know this many people have said to me just stop stop and I couldn't I could not this was my mistress I'm not even kidding you this was my drug my hatred my anger was consuming me so one day I said, I'm just not going to listen to anything. I'm not going to, because it's very easy to access their show and listen to whatever. And um, so I said, well, I'm not going to do that today. And then one day became two. And then not only that, but I stopped paying attention to anything that was uh, in, on the online sources like Reddit and their Facebook page and nothing. And I didn't do, I haven't done anything, not a one thing. And uh, one day became two, two days became five, became 10. And I, I haven't. And I have figured out finally after six years how much time and energy I have wasted doing that and how much I don't really think about it. I used to have so many dreams actual dreams when I slept about that old, that whole scenario with them. And, and I, so it's haunting my sleep and, and I'm, and it's all me. I'm, I'm creating all of this, but I didn't know it. Um, after stopping it, stopping paying attention, I started to feel better. Now you may not notice it cause I still yell at you, but, uh, that's another thing. But anyway, my point in all of this is then last week, I hear this song by Anders Osborne, you've never heard of, um, called I'm Ready. I'm not going to play it for you, uh, but I am going to read you the lyrics because they just jumped off of uh, the page and, and from the device I was listening to it on into my head. I was like, holy shit, I can't believe it after all. Because this is like weeks into my little uh, new um, way of thinking. And I haven't done this. It's been six years, more than six years of, as you have described, living rent free in my head. And that's 100% true. Now I don't think about it so much. I'm like, oh, thank God. This is so free. This is perfect. And so the song, um, Adam the Odd heard it and he goes, this sounds like you're getting ready to kill yourself. Or he said something to that effect, uh, Yesterday on the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast, I go, oh, no, 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 no. It's actually a very, very positive song. It's fantastic. So he wrote, Osborne, um, I'm ready to leave this behind. I already feel so much better. Tomorrow and yesterday's 
perfectly fine. I'm ready to live my forever. I won't forget. No, I won't forget. Oh, no. The people I met, the people I met, don't you know? This is the most important line right here because it, I don't, the whole thing speaks to me, but this set of lyrics was the most direct. Some piss me off. Okay, I won't forget. No, I won't forget. Oh, no, the people I met, the people I met, don't you know? Some piss me off. Some piss me off so bad that I nearly forgot. I nearly forgot what I had. Oh, my God. That's it. Um, and then it repeats what it said earlier. Yeah, I found a way. The trouble I had, the trouble I had, all gone. Yeah, I found a way. I found a way to move on. I hadn't I hadn't done that. I had not done that. And I I was more than happy to be pissed off and miserable. Now this has nothing to do with I wanna be friends. No, 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 no. Fuck them. I don't give a fuck. It just means I don't give a shit anymore. Finally, I don't give a shit anymore. Oh my God. Uh, I got to say, I still got to stay. Wait, and then he says, I got to say, I still got to say, I still got days when it's hard. And then he says, I made a change. I made a change in my heart. Uh, I'm ready to leave this behind. Already feels so much better. Tomorrow and yesterday is perfectly fine. I'm ready to live my forever. And then it just kind of repeats. It's only like about a three and a half minute song. And it's awesome. Uh, what I'll do is in the show notes, I will uh, include it so you can check on it and listen to it on your own. But man, this is great. And um, I, yeah, I was not ready to stop being pissed off. I was not ready. And I'm not kicking myself because it took me six years. It's just, I. it took forever. It's just, it was, uh, it was a bad thing that happened. Who gives a shit? And I wasn't ready to move on at all. I love the fucking fight. Okay. And now I just don't care. So, um, we're looking, I look at this as like sobriety. If I were to slip and listen to something or, uh, go out of my way to engage someone who's busting my balls about whatever, about getting fired. I am back. I'm Then I've fallen off the wagon. You know what I mean? So it's that type of mentality that I know very well about addiction. I was addicted to the turmoil of being miserable. I was addicted to that, which sounds so fucked up. My God. Um, Alyssa says, good looking out though, Adam. Yeah, really was. But that song is great to me, Adam. There was nothing negative about that, buddy. Uh, great Gabagool. Zane, if you want to use a whole segment, play Santana's Soul Sacrifice live from Tanglewood. Kills. About 13 minutes. One of my favorite go-to songs. I could play that on the Insane Asylum. Melissa says, look at you growing up, growing right up on us. 
Kate says, have said it before, you have an addictive personality. Yeah, yeah I know. Plenty of... Uh, I guess I'm addicted now to going out of my way to having zero type of influence from uh, that whole point in my past. Yeah. All right. Seems to work. If only I could be addicted to the basement. If only I could be addicted to getting that room done. Um, Nick says, really proud of you, Zane. That's very introspective. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate you, little fella. Great Gabagool says you have a beautiful white ass. Yeah, I showed my actual ass yesterday on the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast. It was fantastic. It was great. I mooned the camera. Oh, yes. All right. We have churned through an hour and one minute of this show, and I haven't done a damn thing with my sponsors. So, well, this is rare, but I've got to get, I normally do two or three, but we're going to do five because I'm so far behind. It has to get made up. It has to get made up somewhere. So don't you dare bounce ahead, please. If you're listening to the audio podcast, because you never know where these are going to go. And it's important that you hear them. These people pay good money for these moments. All right? So just give me a handful here. I've got plenty more to talk about. The open of the show brought to you by Frank Fuss, my policy shop insurance. I know that you have someone in your life who's utilizing Medicare. It could be an uncle, grandparent, your mother, your father. Whoever. All you need to say is, hey, the guy I listen to is telling me to tell you that you need a Medicare checkup to make sure you are getting all that you are entitled to. Medicare is tricky. And it's almost like they set it up so that it's difficult for the average person to figure that shit out. Because there's a chance you're going to sign up for a policy where you have to pay more than you should. They don't give a shit. They, they would be happy if you paid more than you should. That's a win for the government when it comes to uh, state-sponsored Medicare. 616-914-4070. All you do is reach out to Frank, call or text, and say, Eric Zane sent me. I or whoever you know or love needs a Medicare checkup. That's all you do. He is an expert at, uh, a, I should say, a Medicare Advantage plan expert. Make sure that your loved ones have the right coverage for Medicare. And mention my name. All right, we've got a paintball event coming up Sunday. I just heard from Terry. Terry said he's bringing, he's got five players. That's awesome. Uh, Tristan Grant from the Griffins, better not stand me up. He's supposed to be there and you and me. And we've got Gabe, the Honduran and his brown skin friends are going to be there. That's going to be awesome. TC paintball Sunday, 5 PM pizza party to get started. Just show up, come as you are. And uh, we'll get you in there. 
Cost you 35 bucks for the party. Otherwise, book an event at TC Paintball at tcpaintballgr.com. Speaking of addiction, uh, Jay Moore is one year sober as of uh, early March. Congratulations to you. Um, that was a, a great chat I had with Jay. We didn't even talk comedy. Well, we did a little bit. Um, I didn't even know he was having an issue. But um, I love Jay because he's super honest. And he's taken all of his personal experiences and woven it into a fantastic comedy show. Two shows tonight, two shows tomorrow, Grand Rapids Comedy Club. Get your tickets at fullhousecomedy.com. Some of those shows may have sold out, um, but still, check it out. Go see Jay Moore tonight or tomorrow. Fullhousecomedy.com. I already talked about my pals at Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. Keeping uh, that old sled, that 07 Accord, running in tip-top condition. My son kind of like he... He, uh, when I, when I, I got that car back from him to give to Madison, we were kind of like shuffling cars in the household. He goes, oh yeah, all it needs is an oil change. Maybe some brakes, but the brakes are in the trunk. I go, uh, why didn't you put them on? Ah, I never got around to it. So I'm like, eh, well, I don't know. Irvine's, they don't use, you know, generic parts. They use the parts that are supposed to go on the car. Not this, uh, these poverty dollar store brakes. For God's sake. So if anybody needs uh, dollar store breaks for an 07 Accord, I, I've got some for you. Uh, anyway, so he goes, oh, yeah, all it needs is an oil change. That's it. I'm like, well, I don't know about that. There was a lot of work that needed to be done on the car. And thank God, too, they redid the brakes. And as I said, just replaced the power steering pump. And now the car is in tip-top shape. Thank you to Irvine's. E-R Vines. Irvine's.com online read their google reviews from people who don't have a podcast about how great they are it's true and if uh, if you're looking for a trusted place to get your vehicle repaired take it to irvine's family owned veteran owned lady owned so megan's mom and dad own it but jamie mom she's like the owner it's her this is all her doing uh she was in the Air Force. Wasn't she like a fighter pilot or something like that? I don't know. Was it Navy or Air Force? I forget. I think she was in the Air Force. I don't know. Anyway, she's a veteran. So veteran, lady, family. Jamie and Eric. Jamie owns 99% of the business. Eric owns 1%. And then, uh, of course, Megan, the multi-talented Zaniac friend, amazing human being. Um, she's there taking care of all the loose ends so that the mom and dad can go on vacations. Not really. And they're expanding the business. It's more than doubled in size to serve you better. And they're still building that right now, but still serving the customer too. Irvines.com. You all know about my pal Joe Martinez at A&E Heating and Cooling. This guy is just spectacular. Another guy whose business has grown uh, exponentially since um, signing up with the Eric Zane Show podcast. It was just him and a, a service van when he started. Now he's got a fleet of vehicles, people that work for him, also family members. 
great startup company, A&E Heating and Cooling, for anything that you need at all for your furnace or air conditioning, residential or commercial. Okay. See, John Jamingo is in the house. Hi, John. Can't wait. Should be fun. It's been quite a week for the Eric Zane Show. I guess those guys are getting ready. Zaniac Saturday tomorrow. Zaniac Zoom. Um, I always would love to join you, but you guys do it so late. When I get a notification at 9 p.m., I've been in bed for half an hour on Saturday. I don't party. I don't stay up drinking like you animals. Nick says 9 p.m., Eric. That's not late. No, I am I am done. You see, if I stay up late, first of all, if I stay up late on Saturday, you got to realize I'm getting up at 5 on Sunday, okay, ding dong, and a job where I have to be absolutely alert. I'm driving people uh, from the airport. No. I, I'll, I'll tell you what. This is what I'm going to tell you. Um, no, but if I get a notion or a wild hair, maybe. And if I do, it's going to be like for one minute of me giving you the finger and then shutting it down. So uh, you better have a the lowest of expectations. I work for a living. You guys and your weekends, hey, it's party time. Let's get fucked up. Drinking your beer, smoking your pot, doing your cocaine, all this shit. No, no. I Look, all week I'm talking to you. Why can't on Saturday I not talk to you? Is it okay if perhaps you talk to each other? I don't want to make it sound like I'm sick of you. But Eric needs a fucking mental break where he can just sit there and watch the basketball game and do nothing. All right? No. Come on. Let's go get fucked up. All right. I got to go pee. Stay right there, okay?
Let's all ask if he's washed his hands. No, I didn't wash my hands. Are you kidding me? No. I put it back in my pants the other day, and I couldn't believe how much pee came out of my ding-dong. Yeah, you ever have that where the you accidentally are constricting your urethra and you don't know it, and then as you're putting it back into your pants, you get another big blast of it? Psst, uh, oh, no. That is rough. Jeez. I got an email. From Rob. Rob T. Hi, Rob. Just sent it. Hello, Eric Zane. It was great to hear your segment on the Bill Simonson show this week. Huge show. I remember a long time ago when I used to listen to FBHW that there was tremendous hostility between you and Bill. One of the most amazing things I've ever heard on radio was when you started at WBBL and had become friends with Bill. And you guys did really funny segments with him. I knew of him from his sports show, but I didn't know know I liked him until I heard him on the air with you. And I am now a fan. I'm glad the recent feud where Bill called you out on his show wasn't too serious. And I hope to hear more of you and Bill together going forward. And I wrote, hi, Rob. We are pals. The whole thing on Twitter was a wrestling work, which is true. Of course it was. Come on now. Um, I had a conversation with Bill and, uh, after we did that segment on his show this week where um, he says to me, he goes, how come you're not, this is the mics are off. He goes, how come you're not on somewhere? I go, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't even think about it. He goes, I think they're, I think, uh, I think they're scared of you. He's talking about the folks at iHeart. I go, what do you mean? He goes, I think they're not putting you on because they're, they're, they're concerned. And I go, well, I don't know about that. I know the company's it's, uh, maybe it's money who I go, I, I don't care really. Um, I, I look at anything in ra- in radio right now. It it would just be like um, I don't know. It's it's not what it used to be. Besides, I've got a new job. I've got my own thing that uh, I have to work very hard at it. But it supports us. It does. It does. It does what it's supposed to do. This, you know, I'm very fortunate. And um, then he uh, he goes, oh, well, I think why is because they're scared of you. I go, what do you mean? He goes, it's because of your podcast, because you tell everybody to go fuck themselves. I go, they, really? He goes, yeah, I think so. I, I've done some talking and some investigating, and I've, I've found out that uh, it's because they're concerned. And, I, and he goes, it's, which is ridiculous. It's, it's, it's like, oh, yeah. He's like, their uh, thought process is, well, he says he tells people to go fuck themselves on the podcast, so clearly he's going to come to the radio station, turn on the mic, and tell everybody to go fuck themselves. And I said, I go, well, yeah, that's, that's how radio people think. They think in that, yeah. And, and Bill just laughed. He goes, yeah, like, like you're not going to have enough sense to uh, uh, edit yourself to say the appropriate thing on the radio. I go, I know. It's that if that is true, and I don't know that it is, that's hilarious. He's too much. He's too much of a loose cannon. He's out of control. He's going to go on the air and tell everybody to suck his cock. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Aram says Bill was rude to everyone in here. Probably. You know how he is. He loves busting people's balls. Don't take it personal. He loves you. He loves the fact that you love me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Moving on. Uh, Mike Tyson was at a small comedy club, I think. Uh, not sure where. Doesn't matter. L.A.? I don't know. And uh, if you see here, he's uh, the, he got the arrow pointed at him there. That's, that's Iron Mike. And, uh, well, some guy... Uh, burst in and sees that it's Mike. This is in Hollywood. Yeah. And, um, then at first you see Mike seated calmly at the front, uh, front row table, talk, taking in the show. Whole thing was interrupted by Rando who approached Mike and attempted to chat him up, disrupting the comedian set and everyone's good time. Uh, while you can't hear exactly what was being said in the footage, Eyewitnesses said that the man was challenging Mike to a fight, suggesting he wanted to elevate his status. Mike responded calmly, and then the guy pulled out a gun. No shit. Oh, my God. All right. I have uh, this footage to share with you. Get up out of here. I'm not playing with you. Get up out of here, bro. Come on. Hey, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I'm joking. Okay, so guy with the hat is telling, is getting really animated, telling him to get the fuck out. Okay? And um, this black guy uh, with the with the black coat is dude who pulls a gun. I'm joking. Hey, you joking right now. Get up out of here. Hey, uh, come on, fam, fam. Come on, my Look, this is easy. Okay, that's the gun right there. He is. I'm joking, bro. You could hear him uh, put one in the, what, what do you call it? Fucking charge it. Put one in the uh, in the chamber. You hear that click. Come on, I'm man. Oh, boy. And you see that guy flinch? He's like, uh-oh. I'm joking, bro. Mike, I'm out of here. Hey, I love you, fam. Salute to all your accomplishments. For real, if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't have no inspiration. I love you, OG. I love you, OG. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't have no inspiration. For real. From the heart. For real. Respect. Yeah, I told y'all just joke. So he's still got that gun right in his, right in his pants. Okay, bro. Yeah. Come in, man. Come in. Come on. Okay, now watch this. Mike calls him over. No, they gonna call the police. No, no. They gonna call the police. Hey, get you good. There you go. You know No, Brownsfield. Excuse me. Hey. Wow. Shalom. Salute. Look at this poor comic. This is like Ben up there. Right now, this guy, the comedian on stage, is getting more laughs than what uh, Ben would get at one of his shows. You know? He's like, uh-oh, fuck. Hey, Cam, you good, you good. You're not You a sucker, you a bitch-ass So this guy in the L.A. hat, he's still talking. Shut up. The guy's got a fucking gun. Salute. 
Hey Kevin, you good? You good? Yeah, Kevin, you shut up. Just chill, just chill, just chill, just chill, just chill, bro. You good? Hey, you did good. You did good. Oh boy. He on cloud. He on cloud. He on cloud. Look at Tyson. Hey, thank you, Mike. Give it up for Mike fucking Tyson. Oh God. I'm getting the fuck out of there. Holy shit, this guy's brandishing in a public place. Holy fuck. Woo! Uh, Cole with the point. Pussy can't carry one in the chamber. Yeah, you're always supposed to have that thing charged. Always. I remember when I uh, first started carrying a gun, and I called up Steve Prince. I go, so should I have this thing charged he goes you know how much space a bad guy can cover if he's running at you while you're busy charging the damn thing because of course you always have one in the fucking chamber dickhead oh my god and then mike tyson good thing that guy smokes lots of pot because it takes lots. I think he does. Doesn't he do like the frog venom thing now? He smokes frog venom or eats frogs or some shit. My God. The whole uh, him laying, staying calm like that. Jeez. He's lucky. Tyson's lucky he's not dead because old school Tyson probably would have freaked out and tried to engage the guy. And then the guy is lucky, too, because in that embrace, I don't know, Tyson could have fucking killed him there, too. Jeez. Uh, Aram says, yeah, he had it in his waistline. Don't want it cocked. Well, yeah, um, there's that. He didn't even have it in a holster. He's carrying it like ghetto style. Holy shit. Yeah, Tyson's all about the frog venom, which I'd never heard of. I think we talked about it on the show. Tyson Frog Venom. Yes, he is smoking. He he actually has a frog farm of this particular, not, not a frog, toad. Psychedelic Toad Venom. SI.com. Mike Tyson says he, quote, died after smoking psychedelic toad venom. The Sonoran Desert Toad. He says, Mike says, he wants the world to know that the Sonoran Desert Toad changed his life. Speaking at a Miami conference dedicated to psychedelics. Oh my God, can you imagine that? Mike Tyson said he has tripped off the toad venom 53 times in his life. He's very specific, but nothing came close to the first experience uh, of a toad trip i died during my first trip i did it as a dare i was doing heavy drugs like cocaine so why not it's another dimension before i did the toad i was a wreck (laughs) the sonoran desert toad spent seven months a year living underground but its venom can be smoked to produce a psychedelic trip Tyson has a nursery of Sonoran Desert Toads at his ranch in Southern California. 
Oh my God! The former desert, the former undisputed world heavyweight champion, said he discovered the traditional healing ritual four years ago and lost a hundred pounds, reconnected with his family, and started boxing again. People see the difference in me," he said. "It speaks for itself. If you knew me in 1989, you knew a different person. My mind is not sophisticated enough to fathom what happened, but life has improved. The Toad's whole purpose is to reach your highest potential. I look at the world differently. We're all the same. Everything is love. So that explains it. Had Tyson not discovered the Toad, he would have been dead from this moment. Incredible." It is because of the toad. Yeah. Chris says he has a toad ranch. Yeah, he was so about it. He's raising them on his own now. Tyson's known for that type of shit. He raised, uh, uh, what do you call it, carrier pigeons or racing pigeons. At a young age, he would care for these uh, uh, pigeons in New York City on, on a rooftop. And one of the things he described as one of the most traumatic things uh, that got him to be a criminal was when some local fucking thugs killed his birds, like ripped their heads off in front of him. Oh, my God. That's it. We need to make an Eric Zane Show toad venom challenge. Do the toad and record yourselves. I can't get behind encouraging you all to do hallucinogens. In case something bad happens. I want no part of that, Nick. So the toad venom smoking made him chill out a lot. Maybe that's what Maddie needs. I am not opposed to trying something. Maybe some pot. I don't know. We should look into pot. We need some something. I have heard so many people that have had miraculous moments happen to them uh, because they smoke pot. No, I can't do that. All right. All right. There... Uh, this is this this story is just remarkable. I couldn't believe this. Um, the Supreme Court has uh, heard a case. The United States Supreme Court. By the way, did you hear the story about um, Clarence Thomas's wife? I didn't know that. First of all, I didn't know that. Clarence Thomas was married to a white chick. Uh, Virginia Thomas. This crazy bitch. Uh, text, text reveal wife of Clarence Thomas urged the 2020 election overturn. Uh, she sent 29 text messages to former advisor Mark Meadows, urging him not to concede. Clarence Thomas's wife called a Joe, Joe Biden's victory the greatest heist of our history. The texts are among 2,320 messages Mr. Meadows point provided to a committee investigating the Capitol riot. 
She urged Meadows, who was Trump's chief of staff, to, quote, make a plan and a bid to save his presidency. Do not concede. It takes time for the army who is gathering for his back. She wrote on the 6th of November. It is unclear if Meadows responded. So one of the Supreme Court justices' wife is is trying to gather the local militia to overthrow the government and encouraging it. Crazy bitch also uh, appeared to push QAnon conspiracy theories and urge Mr. Meadows to appoint Sidney Powell, a conspiracy theorist and lawyer, to head up Trump's legal team. Oh, please do that. Please have that happen one day. Wow. Thomas is the longest serving member of the U.S. Supreme Court, having served since 1991 and is currently in the hospital with flu-like symptoms. Well, let's hope she's got COVID because you know the dumb bitch hasn't gotten the vaccine. Or, I'm sorry, hasn't obtained the shot. How stupid is that? All right. Uh, But that's not what this is about. This story is about the Supreme Court just heard a case and sided with the condemned, sided with the inmate. The uh, Supreme Court took up a case because some idiot, some murderer, is on death row in Texas. And the uh, guy who's being put to death said, hey, I would, I want my uh, religious leader to put his hands on me while I'm dying and say a prayer. Now, what you're supposed to do, this is, this is supposed to go as far as the warden, where the warden just says, no. And then someone says, Why? And then you say, because we don't do that. We run our executions one way, by the book. And just because you want your religious leader to put his or her hands on you and say a prayer as you go to hell, um, too bad. Tough shit. That's the way it goes. That's the law. Those are the rules. Goodbye. Of all the cases... For the U.S. Supreme Court to take up, why are they taking up this one? Because they're saying it's really, his religious freedoms are violated, and they ruled by an eight-to-one opinion uh, written by Chief Justice Roberts that disallowing John Ramirez's request was an unnecessary burden to a religious exercise. Crazily enough, the lone dissenter was Clarence Thomas, who I agree with in this case. So, yes, his wife's a crazy bitch, uh, uh, and he, he is right in dissenting. You should not allow this to happen. Those are the rules, and you shouldn't even hear this case. You know, the Supreme Court, they have to decide whether they're even going to hear it. There's a limited number of cases that they take, and this is the last stop. Meanwhile, people like fucking... Um, What's the name of the guy in prison in Wisconsin? Stephen Avery. They you, they won't hear that shit. Or Brendan Dassey. Actual legitimate cases where people are wrongly uh, imprisoned. And holy shit. 
You know, and, and uh, on that note, people might say, no, Stephen Avery's a lunatic. He should be behind bars. Yeah, I, I get that. He is. I mean, the guy killed a cat. You got to be a lunatic to kill the cat. But Dassey, all he is guilty of is, is uh, being cognitively impaired. He had nothing to do with that murder. And yet here the Supreme Court is hearing cases about some piece of shit who murdered somebody and is going to die, whether or not he can have someone put their hands on him when he's put to death. Uh, Texas violated the religious liberties of a death row prisoner when it denied the man's request to have his pastor touch him and pray over him during his execution. Um, yeah, I don't even know if the execution happened. I guess we'll find out here. Texas fails to show that that a categorical ban on audible prayer is the least restrictive means of furthering this compelling interest, and they do not explain why other jurisdictions can accommodate audible prayer, but Texas cannot feasibly do so, Roberts wrote in the majority opinion. What a waste of time. They should have just said, fuck them. Who gives a shit? Um, The justices halted. The execution of, hold on a second, Ramirez's execution originally set for September but halted while the court weighed the case. God. Karl Marx said the death uh, death penalty is only um, viable when the punishment is swift, certain, and severe. Now, I don't normally like to quote him, but think about that. Has to be swift. It has to be certain, and it has to be severe. That is the only time a deterrent works. Swift, severe, certain. This is never swift, okay? And it's never certain in the U.S. And I, I'm opposed to the death penalty, but why? because why do we even have it when it's not swift, okay? Yeah, it's severe, but it's not certain, and it's not swift. So it's not doing anything to deter anybody. These people live on death row forever. You might as well just lock them up for life and that be the end of it and abolish the death penalty entirely because it's not doing any good. And you could kill someone who hasn't done anything. That's happened. Uh, The execution was halted while the court weighed the case can now be rescheduled, providing the Texas prison system changes its policy to allow touch and prayer in the death chamber. What's next? A hand job? Yeah, my religious, uh, my religious leader uh, uh, gives me a blowjob. And, and then while I jizz in his mouth, I can be put to death. Texas prison officials said in a statement, I'm, yeah, it's probably going to happen, said in an, a statement that the agency respected the court's decision, we'll be making appropriate modifications to our practices to align with the ruling. My God. What did this guy do? The justices halted the execution of Ramirez, a 37-year-old sentenced to die when he robbed a store in Corpus Christi, Texas. There was a nice person working there, um, minding their business, when he robbed and then killed the clerk. My God. Uh, hours after he was set to die in September, um, Texas prison officials had denied his request to have pastors lay hands on him and pray over him as he died, claiming it would involve security risks, though the state later told the justices that the risk of disruption was likely low. 
So now the inmates are making the rules. The, the, the ones that are being executed are being afforded those luxuries. Shit. It talks a little bit more about uh, Texas's uh, procedure for allowing religion in the execution chamber has undergone several litigations, or I'm sorry, several iterations in the last few years after repeated guidance from the high court. What a mess. Uh, after multiple orders by the justices halting executions over concerns of religious discrimination and violation of liberties, the department's policy now allows prisoners, personal religious advisors to be in the death chamber, provided they clear a background check and orientation, but they can't touch the prisoners or speak. Well, I guess that's going to change. How stupid. What a dumb thing to waste the court's time on of all the things. And then there's going to be some other case that doesn't get heard because these assholes, one of which is his wife is quoting QAnon conspiracy theorist, but I, I can't really fault him because he's the one that dissented. So it's all fucked up. I don't know. Stupid. Absolutely stupid. There's a hearing going on. We've had, she's had to hear, tw- what's the name of the black chick? There's a new, remember Biden said, I am making a black woman the next Supreme Court nominee. And um, Katanji, is that her name? Katanji? great name by the way and she's like way liberal you know i mean if she was on the high court and this was heard about the inmate she would have said we need to set this man free we need to set him free and he needs to get a million dollars a year going forward that's how liberal she's she is she's super liberal so that's terrible um and so you know you got all the uh all the dog and pony show grilling her but it doesn't matter because uh the senate is run by the democrats so and the deciding uh, the deciding vote i should say is the vice president so it is it, this all doesn't matter it's a huge waste of time they should have brought her in and said okay before we begin the the hearings are there any members of the senate who are going to vote against her and no hands go up, so that means there's a tie. And then President Harris, the vice president, says, well, I'm going to vote for her, so we don't even need to do any of this shit. Okay? This is a, another colossal waste of time. Shit. God, they waste more time in a week than what I do podcasting. It's ridiculous. I wish I had that type of time in my hands. Horrible. Uh Schmoomer Schmob refers to her as Jumanji. I don't, I don't think her name is Jumanji. Melissa says she loves pedophiles, and that's true. She does. So, like, if you're a radio host and you get a radio job and you're working with Eric Zane and then you put your ding-dong in a child and then you get busted and then if she hears the case, you're going to walk, you know? All right. I want to help your business. Send me an email if you want to know more about the Eric Zane Show podcast and uh, how it works. 
Send it along, Eric at EricZaneShow.com on the Shoreline or Stripe and Inbox, and I'll give you all the information you need about how my podcast can help your business where I talk about you. That's it. Send it along. Thanks to sponsor Bennett Flooring Installation. If uh, you're installing flooring in your home, if you're doing it yourself, okay, I get it. You know, you think you can handle that. It's so much easier, though, and guaranteed to be professionally installed if you have Bennett Flooring Installation do it. And um, they encourage you to do the heavy lifting, ripping out the old shit to make this as painless as possible and more cost effective for you, the consumer. Call or text 616-318-0167. Get an estimate. Now, if you want them to do the full treatment, they can do that. No problem. 616-318-0167 for Bennett Flooring Installation. If you are in West Michigan, reach out to them, and they will give you a uh, estimate as to how much it's going to cost after they measure the room. Okay. They're also working with me on the Great Flooring Giveaway. Had a number of people reach out saying, hey, um, this would really help us if uh, Bennett Flooring Installation was in their home and they were the recipient of the Great Flooring Giveaway Easter Edition. This is the third time we've done it. Send me an email of why new flooring in your home would make such a difference as you're uh, trying to, um, you know, get through life. Sometimes life gets in the way of things like flooring because you've got so many other things on your plate. Uh, send it along or nominate someone uh, to me, Eric at EricZaneShow.com. And thank you to Bennett Flooring Installation. We will announce the recipient in the coming weeks. The flooring that I want you to install. I want you to get it at uh, Johnson Carpet One Floor and Home along Chicago Drive in Granville, Michigan. Right behind Little Caesars. Uh, ugly yellow barn or tan. It's big and it's clean. It's just gigantic. And there's a sign about the size of a computer monitor on it. That's bright red, white letters, written in cursive. Johnson, you can't even see the damn thing. Uh, I go, why is the sign so small? City won't let us make it bigger. Jesus. Anyway, they're having a massive sale at the discount outlet. You would already pay a lower price for flooring than anywhere in the state. Um, they really need to get that stuff out of there, though. So if flooring is in your future, now is the time to buy it. Blue tag, 20% off. Green tag, 30%. Red tag, 40%. At Johnson Carpet, one floor and home. Mention me when you go in there. You will save 0% more. Now, starting in April, uh, you can mention my name to get 10% off. But why would you do that when you can get 20, 30, and 40% off now on carpeting, remnants, Remnants, I should say, hardwood, tile, laminate, ceramic, everything on sale at Johnson Carpet One Floor and Home Discount Outlet. Hang on, I need a drink. Oh, my God. You talk too much. You never shut up. Um... Thanks again also to uh, Tag Accounting. The Tax Hobbit is ready for the April 18th tax deadline. You can reach out to the almighty Tax Hobbit at Tag Accounting from anywhere in the U.S. 
Troy Ginzer is his name. 30.6 point per games. 30.6 points per game as a senior at Parma Western. Here in the great state of Michigan. Though only five foot nothing. I don't know how the hell he did that. 616-301-9516. Call and make an appointment today. It doesn't matter where you live. No, doesn't matter what state you live in. Tag accounting can help you. Okay. Um, the story of the gay dog. I've got I got this story from many of you this past week. Where is the gay dog? I need to get you a picture of this gay dog. This is the gay dog. Um, somebody owned the dog. And they didn't want it anymore. Because they said it's gay. Which, you know, if you're that does happen. And that always breaks my heart when I hear about dogs being taken back to the shelter. Because, you know, those dogs, the dog loves you. And you're breaking the dog's heart. You know, I cannot imagine what would happen to any of my dogs if we weren't here. You know? You oftentimes hear about people who do that or that even worse. They're like, hey, we're moving. Uh, well, let's kill the dog. What? What a fucking, I mean, seriously, there is a special place in hell for someone who does that. Now, these are the workers from the, um, from the animal shelter. I think. No, I think these are two lesbians who have adopted the dog. Yeah, that's what happened. The gay dog was abandoned by North Carolina um, by North Carolina owners, as you see, and was adopted by these incredible lesbians. Thank God for these amazing lesbians for doing this. I mean, seriously. And the only reason why I'm saying that is because the story says that a gay couple has adopted them. Now, I don't know too much about nomenclature when it comes to LGBTQ+, but I guess if you're like these two here, they can be referred to as lesbians or gay, I think. But now they have this amazing dog, of Fezco, which, I don't know, maybe that stands for something. Something gay, no doubt. I don't know how the people who own the dog came to the conclusion that the dog was gay. But that that's what they said. If you're going to take, drop your dog off and give it away at the animal shelter, I don't know why you would go out of your way to say the dog is gay. Wouldn't you just say we can't care for it anymore? But this is North Carolina, and we all know that south of the Mason-Dixon line, everyone's a bigot. It's just bigot, bigotville. They hate gays. They hate blacks. They hate Jews. We all know this. So 
That's what you got there. Uh, dog dumped at a shelter in North Carolina because the previous owners thought he was gay. He's found a new home and a name. The pup, previously known as Fezco, was adopted by a gay couple in Indian Trail just south of Charlotte. They changed the dog's name to Oscar after the gay Irish poet and playwright Oscar Wilde. The five-year-old four-legged friend was abandoned earlier this month at the Stanley County Animal Protective Services after his owners caught him humping a fellow male dog. All right. Well, you know, dogs do that. That doesn't necessarily mean they're gay. I don't think. I mean, dogs are dogs. They do dog shit. I mean, sometimes they hump a leg. Sometimes they'll hump a female. Sometimes they'd hump the couch. Sometimes, I think... But these guys said, no, no, the dog's gay, which is stupid. Now, let me just say that if uh, Bruce licked O'Neill's dick, um, I'm going to get rid of Bruce. If he, like, licked Bruce's uh, O'Neill's dick and then uh, Bruce uh, is walking around with jizz on his face from O'Neill... And every chance they get, they are licking each other's dicks till they till dog jizz is flying throughout the room. Um, I am going to give up. I would give up the dog. I am not going to be uh, living in a home. It's bad enough as it is. Okay, um, it's bad enough. I, I I'm I'm scraping peanut butter off of cupboards and salt out of the range and shit on the toilet. I don't want dog jizz on the walls and and dog jizz on the dog's face. So I'm just going to tell you, if it were to go down that road, no, I wouldn't want anybody licking anyone's dick in the house here. It doesn't matter if it's, even if they were licking Daisy's vagina, you've seen me freak out when that happens. It's like, come on guys, what the fuck? No, absolutely not. So humping is one thing. Um, Okay, wait a minute. I'm getting some of this wrong. I I scrolled down. All right, so I've got an update for you. Let me go back here. Uh, These two lesbians are not lesbians as far as I know. I don't know that. These two, uh, all that I said about you can be called either gay or lesbian may or may not be true. I don't know. But I have made a mistake, and I didn't. I didn't prepare enough. Um, these two work for the shelter, so I don't know if these two are lesbians. However, um, if you scroll down here, these are the two. Now these two look like gays. Okay, now it's all good. All right, these are the two that have adopted the dog. These two gentlemen. Okay. Gay dog Fesco adopted by gay couple in North Carolina. He's over the hump. Of course, they said that. All right. So there you go. So Steve Nichols and his partner, John, have adopted the dog. And all right. So all is well. Who is Harry? I don't know. There's another dog named Harry, I guess. So everybody's really super gay in this and everything's awesome. So that is sweet news. I'm happy about that. Um, More dog talk. 
okay? And uh, by the way, speaking of gay, um, I don't know what the right terminology is, but do you remember uh, Aaron from the Funny Girls? Okay. I actually, I am going to show this because she posted this on her Facebook. Aaron from the Funny Girls is my nemesis, as you all know. It has a, been a bitter war. Aaron, I found out, Stu told me that Aaron was becoming a guy. Now, I don't know that. I just know that that's what Stu told me. And I don't know if Aaron is becoming a guy. But what I do know is that Aaron got her titties cut off. And she is now very proud of that. And so she has posted this. And Pellerito uh, grabbed the picture off Facebook. Now, Aaron spells the name E-I-R-A-N-N. And I am reasonably sure Aaron was born a female and then changed the pronouns to we, they, or something like that. And now has dove into tit cuttage. So they're gone. And I have a picture. And I've always wondered what it looks like when you get a set of tits cut off. And I'm going to show you now. There you go. That's what you look like. And I think it looks pretty good. I think there's still some swelling. But um, let's get a, can we get a closer look at that? Yeah, I believe we can. So you got some pit hair and no tittage. This is where the work was done. And that's going to heal up. But uh, yeah, and proud. Loud and proud. Feeling good. Got some nice pants on. Good set of shoes. And uh, holy fuck, in business. That is the update from Aaron of the Funny Girls. And the way Stu told me, he goes, Hey, everybody, hey, your favorite funny girl? Well, uh, she's a funny guy. She's becoming a funny guy. I go, I didn't know that. I go, holy shit. So if you've ever wondered what it would look like when you get your tits cut off, that's what it looks like. Stu followed up with, while they were there, why didn't they do a tummy tuck? These pants are way too tight. Okay? These are the type of pants I wear. Okay? You're, it's, it's cinched too tight, and you got to hit the gym here. Or what, maybe go an extra round of plastic surgery and cover this zone up. And then you're in business. And I can still see bra straps. So that's fucked up. I would have waited on this. But she's very, I'm sorry. This person is very bold. And by the way, Pellerito put me doing thumbs up at the bottom of it. What a fucking asshole. What the fuck? All right. So there you go. Congrats. I wonder what do they do with the tit meat when that's all said and done? (laughs) Okay. 
Josh says, cracks me up that my screen grab has been used for uh, evil. Yeah, you're the one who came up with that. I saw that on there. Jesus. I keep seeing my thumbs up image everywhere. Couple of assholes. Okay. Um, You know what? I'm going to save this last story. But... Hold on a second here. I'm fucking this shit up. Gay dog, no. Okay, this dog. All right. You need to you need to know. This is for the uh Patreon. Okay, I'm gonna save this for the Patreon. This is a preview for the Patreon. If you know what happened in this story, don't tip anybody's hand. Hot chick with badass dog. Hot chick here. Everybody hates her guts. Well, I kind of hate her guts because of the chain on the dog. This is some type of pit bull uh, with a gigantic collar with a, a gigantic chain, like a type of chain you'd lock a motorcycle up with in some dilapidated storage facility. So she's posing for Instagram. Wait until you hear... What this sick bitch uh, referred is referring to her dog as. What she has decided to name her dog. Who would you rather have sex with? The sick bitch with the dog or, or uh, Aaron, formerly the funny girl? I would rather have sex with Aaron. Yeah, great gabagool. Uh, don't encourage that. Someone guess what happens. You see, this is this is part of my existence. I can't just do my show. I can't just sit there and um, actually do the show. There's always someone trying to undermine me. Stop. Uh, fuck, Mary, kill. Madeline Albright. Uh... Aaron from the Funny Girls. Gretchen Whitmer. Fuck, Mary kill. Albright, Aaron. And it has to be Albright when she's dead. Albright, Aaron, Whitmer. I would marry Aaron because it would be great content. I would... You can't kill someone who's dead. So I'd have to kill Whitmer, which would pain me. And I would have sex with the dead Madeleine Albright. That's what I would do. Yes. I'll let you all decide the rest of that. Uh, Okay. I've got the asshole of the day coming up. And I'll need your nominations. Uh, you can put them in on the chat. What do you think? More on that in a second. Wrapping up the show, though. Salute to Bosco's Pub, Blue Frost IT, and Van Dyke Mortgage. Bosco's Pub is in Hudsonville, Michigan. Bosco'spub.com. 
I guess another get-together is being planned as we speak. That is nice. I love hanging out there. Thank you to Doug and Dee Dee, who own Bosco's Pub. If you want to drop by this weekend for lunch or dinner or a drink or watch the basketball games tonight, you can see uh, St. St. Peter's Peacocks uh, play their game against Purdue. Bosco's Pub, part of Terra Square in Hudsonville, Michigan. I do cameos, cameo.com slash Eric Zane. Sign up for one of those. Blue Frost IT, the managed IT service provider for the show. If you need anything concerning tech for your small or medium-sized business, this is who you call. Keep that in mind if you see the boss scratching her or his head about their tech. Hey, there's a podcast I listen to. Don't tell them who it is uh, that has a tech company that they swear by. They can help you. Blue Frost IT, they can do contracted work, they can do project work, they can do managed work, they do it all. Blue Frost IT, 616-285-50. Van Dyke Mortgage, the managed, I'm sorry, Van Dyke Mortgage, Jesus, Van Dyke, what an asshole. God, I'm tired. Van Dyke Mortgage, if you need a mortgage, this is who you call. And yes, the rates are going up by this time next year. They'll be quite a bit higher than what they are now. But you still can get a very low rate, especially if you have fantastic credit and you're willing to go the 15-year route. All right? You go the 15-year route, you're going to save yourself tens of thousands of dollars. I'm not even kidding about that. Pay as much as you can for as short as you can. That's the key to saving thousands of dollars. Some of you cannot do that. You're going to get a shitty loan because your credit's in the dumper, which does happen to people. And not all mortgage people are created equal. Some will be like, they get somebody with a wonky credit score. They don't want to deal with them because they're not going to make a ton of cash on it. Mario's not like that. That's why I love him. NMLS number 3035. Sure, he works with people with great uh, credit scores all the time. He is the bank. But if you have a tough credit score because of bankruptcy, divorce, you're not good with money or whatever, uh, talk to Mario. He'll set you straight fast. Um, And if he can't get you into a mortgage because you're too much of a disaster, he's going to tell you what you need to do to get you in a mortgage. Pay your bills on time. Okay? Figure it out. And he will help you every step of the way because he wants your business. And when you get that uh, uh, mortgage that's not the best, He's going to refinance you a year later when you make your payments on time. Because at that point, you're less of a credit liability because you've worked to improve yourself. Call Mario 231-332-6505 for the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. Thank you. NMLS number 3035. Um, also for the Patreon... Caitlyn Jenner is in the news again. Caitlyn Jenner versus Leah Thomas, round two, the swimmer. Um, Also, Daniel Radcliffe, at 32 years old, is going to be having sex with Helena Bonham Carter. Bellatrix Restraint. Bellatrix Lestrange and Harry Potter are going to pork. 
We'll talk about that on the Patreon. Yesterday's asshole of the day, I need to point out, is Amanda for wanting five-year-olds to hack their dicks off. My God. I think I pissed her off. It's like I hate it when people get pissed off at me when all I do is highlight their stupidity. I didn't I didn't do it. Don't blame me. Amanda suggested to Nick something something to the effect of if a five year old says, Hey mom, I want to cut my dick off, as a parent, you need to go, Well, let's do it. I think that was it, wasn't it, Nick? Isn't that what happened? We were talking about a lot of shit. All right. Uh, Fuck, Mary kill. Leah Thomas, Caitlyn Jenner, and funny guy Aaron. Ooh, boy. Um, I'd fuck the shit out of Caitlyn Jenner. I'd marry Aaron, and I'd kill Leah Thomas. Nick says my uh, explanation of what happened yesterday is correct to a T. Kenny says verbatim. Hey, I'm sorry. But if a five-year-old tells me anything, I'm going to say no. If a five-year-old says, I want I want a juice bag, I'm going to say no. If a five-year-old says, I want a puppy, I'm going to say no. If a five-year-old says, I want to cut my dick off, I'm going to say no. Uh, let's see. That's our asshole of the day. We covered a lot of ground today. Writing. What is our asshole of the day? I'd have to say that it is uh, Amanda for wanting to hack off young cocks is your asshole of the day. Fuck. See what I did there? It's a plot twist. That was a plot twist. Holy shit. And that's how we're going to end it. Right there. That's the end of the show. Holy fucking shit. Fuck. Incredible. Two times for dick hacking. I'll talk to you on the Patreon. You must join me. Why would you not join me? Holy shit. Three-time champ this week, Amanda. Two days consecutively. Patreon.com. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. Join me on Patreon. You deserve it. You really do. Okay, have a good one. Bye-bye.